Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I mean, that's not that's not my call. I mean, I don't really think a, a quarterback should ever lose a starting job based on injury. I mean, if, of course, um, there's always situations that go into it, right, based on how you're performing before. And, you know, that, that all uh, comes back to the, the coaches of what they decide. And so, um, you know, I know, I know they're going to make the right decision for the team, um, whether it's, you know, someone had just been injured and is looking to come back and take their job. It's, it's best person plays is, is how the role should work is you're going to play your best players because you want to win. Okay, so I love that answer. That was the perfect answer for Zach Wilson. However, it was contradictory. How so? Well, because he gave his opinion first, saying he shouldn't ever lose, the starter should never lose his job because of injury. And then he said, but no, uh, they'll do what's best for the team. So he covered all his bases there. He got his point across. He, you think he's going to start? I do, yeah. I, I do think he's going to. Uh, I do think he's going to start, and I, I think he's the best player at that position on that team. Um, Baylor Romney has certainly played very well, and and at least made this uh, a discussion. But I still think that Zach Wilson is uh, is the best player. So uh, I do think he'll probably get a start. But not surprising that that's his opinion, obviously. But but what do you think about the overall sentiment? Uh, I don't like. Can bro- you? I, I don't like bromides. Like a starter should never lose his uh, lose his position because of injury. Because, like, like he said that Zach said that, but then he said there's there's different situations. What happens? Uh, you know what happens if uh, you know Wally Pip? You know he was starting. If he gets hurt and somebody comes in and plays great and is an absolute talent. Then should Wally Pippen given his starting position back? I, I I think you have to evaluate. If Baylor Romney had come in and played uh, like Steve freaking Young, I'm not going to give Zach Wilson his job back just because that saying exists. Well, I think we all live in the real world, right? And we all try to be fair, but sometimes life's not fair, right? So I think conceptually, I I don't think it's fair to lose your job due to injury. That was your job and had, you know, something flukish not happen. Unless. You'd still be playing. But, and that's how athletes certainly envision it. But, I mean, the the best example around here is Brett Elliott and Alex Smith. Yeah. I mean, Brett was a good player. He was a really good player. He he played in the NFL for a little while. Did Brett was Brett capable of coming back? I don't recall. Yes, he was. He was. Okay. Uh, he what did he hurt in the Texas A&M game in 03? I can't remember. Yeah, but yes, he he was able to come back. But uh, it, Alex Smith, right? I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't expect a coach all of a sudden to say, "Hey, Alex, we know you're you're really turning out to be one of the best college uh, college quarterbacks in the country, but we're going to need you to, you know, and let, you, uh, and let Brett you, go." And you know, if we, if we continue to let you play, then uh, you know, you, you know, or let Alex play, he'd be the number one. Uh, picking the draft, yeah. but but since uh, since this this bromide exists that we must give you your position back, that, that come on. It so just... so that really wasn't all that fair to Brett Elliott, right. but that's life, right? I mean, Alex Alex Smith uh, stormed onto the scene, and that Utah team in 03 was really really good, and the, no second guessing there. So it wasn't fair, but that's life. Yeah. But so has 
has Baylor Romney Alex Smithed it, in my opinion? No, he has not. Maybe not, but I think he's played every bit as well as Zach Wilson did earlier in the year. But um, Is I that don't, true? I don't I, know I, I don't, if I, I agree with that. It's close. Did Zach Wilson beat USC? And that remember the end of that Tennessee game? You know? Yeah, but Zach Wilson also lost the game throwing that pick against uh, Toledo, wasn't it? So, I mean, I guess we could argue about this. Do you not – do you – if I were the coaching staff and making this evaluation, they know more than I do, I would still say Zach Wilson is my QB1, and I'm going to operate under that assumption until the offseason. And then if you want to open it up in spring and fall, uh, yeah. then, then go for it. But I think you, you came into this season with Zach Wilson as QB1, and Baylor's been good, but not good enough, I don't think, to, to supplant that. And there's another element to it is uh, the coaches would have to look at it in the, over the long haul. Who, who has the higher ceiling? If it's Zach Wilson, then, then you give him the nod. Yeah. Even, even if their performances were absolutely equal. Uh, and that's where, that's where a coach is paid to make those big decisions. What kind of vision does he have? What kind of talent evaluator is he? Can you look at somebody and say, okay, both of you played really well, but at this time next year, you're going to be better. So I'm going with you. That's it's a tough call, but it's you know it is, but it's one you've got to think about. I mean, the best example of that right now is Tyler Huntley, where you went with a quarterback uh, two years ago that probably was he better than Troy Williams? No, at the time I, I didn't think so. But but that move was to season Tyler Huntley in preparation for the season that we're watching right now. Like Kyle that, Whittingham, that took a while. And Kyle Whittingham's no no fool. He, you hear all these pundits talk about this, and they're 100 percent right. What what has been the difference between uh, conference championship Utah and Utah as as they've gone by? And it's dynamic quarterback play. That's absolutely correct. Witt knows that. So. He well, needs to develop a dynamic quarterback, and so that meant getting Tyler Huntley in the game early in his career, and it's it's one hundred percent paying off, one hundred percent. Yeah, it took a while to get there, like I said, and it doesn't hurt to have the number one rush defense in the country. Oh, he's got a great team around him, yeah. but uh, but of, I mean, look, we're everybody's talking about Joe Burrow at LSU. Look at that team. Yeah, you think that guy has some talent around him? Yeah, he's got a lot. Or, or Tua in Alabama. I, I guess I would say it this way, Jake. I don't think a coach has to. I've talked to enough. I've talked to many, many players about this very issue. And, and most of them say a starter shouldn't lose his job to injury. Should not. And I get that. Just it's not hard and fast. It doesn't have to be that way, well, Tom, as you pointed out. Tom Brady came in for Drew Bledsoe. Yeah. I mean, there's examples uh, throughout sports. Did Drew get hurt, or did yes. he just underperform? No, he got hurt, and then Tom caught fire in the playoffs. Drew was available to come back for the AFC Championship game, I believe, and uh, Belichick stuck with Brady, and then they went on to win. Uh, they beat the beat the Rams in the Super Bowl, I believe. Do you remember the first year that Steve Young came on so strong for the Niners, and Joe Montana got he, the he reason was, he had that opportunity is because Joe got hurt, right? And so when you're talking about the talent like Joe Montana, and Steve came in and just played lights out, and yet you're talking about one of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game in Joe Montana at that time, and Steve Young still had a lot to prove. And, and so these are very difficult decisions. Yeah. And I remember Bill Walsh wavering a little bit on how that would all go, and that bugged Joe Montana. That really bothered him. 
It did. I've heard Steve Young talk about that before. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. And J- Joe wasn't particularly uh, you know, generous. No, no, no. Joe did to Steve Young what Brett Favre did to Aaron Rodgers. A little bit, yeah. Not, hey, I'm going to pass the torch, but hey, you're here to, to take my job. You know, this gets back to what you were, the point you were making yesterday about how no matter how great a player you are, you still have to be supported. You still have to have your confidence built and coddled to some extent. Uh, and and that, these are great examples of that because these guys were rather insecure, even with everything they had accomplished yep. in their careers. Always like it when PK's uh, making waves. Happens quite a bit. Uh, DJ and PK, of course, 6 to 10. And then PK writes for the website every week uh, at 1280thezone.com as uh, just kind of a normal column. And then, of course, uh, the games he covers, PK will uh, write about those as well. And uh, they're never to be missed. Of course, PK, a terrific writer. Um, Ute fans, I I guess, are... Uh, well, his latest, here's the headline, Dream of Roses, Ute fans, not the college football playoff. And PK just basically lays out the case of why Utah is a long shot for the college football playoff. And that's it's and, the truth. And some of that is a column that I wrote that's at sltrib.com right now. It's just the way the college football playoff is set up, you know. Are you saying PK stole your idea? No, no, I'm not saying it at all. Uh, I, I'm just saying that. With this structure and with the way, you know, you get 13 committee members with their own biases, with their own ideas about what, you know, who deserves what. And as a part of my comment, I don't know if PK got into this or not, but uh, uh, maybe he did. When you when you listen to the reasoning of committee members, it's, it's just I mean, when you start judging which loss is worse, which win is better. I mean, it just becomes this mess. It's just, it's just stupid. And so I, I think with the backgrounds of the, the programs that are involved in the discussion, I don't know if PK gets into this or not. I'll have to check it out during the break. But it's, it's, I'd say it's slanted against the youth. Now, PK and uh, Scotty made this point today that uh, you people who are somewhat associated with uh, California are just in love with the Rose Bowl and its importance. And PK would actually rather see them go to the Rose Bowl than go to the playoff to lose in the Peach Bowl or has made <laughs> has made that. Well, it's a strong point. That argument. No, it's it's really not. You'd absolutely <laughs> rather be in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. But the, Ro- the Rose Bowl is something special. Yeah, well. Great, uh, but you would and it never. It has nothing to do with being in California. It does. It's just the it's the granddaddy. Come you, on, it's, it's just like the Lakers. You guys just you hold them in this esteem. That's not true. Uh, just I've like never the, been a Lakers fan. Liker the eighties Lakers. You and PK should should only because we watched them up close and we saw the greatness. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I, I think that's that's craziness to talk. You'd rather be in the Rose Bowl than the playoff. But the but here's the thing, and you'd fans getting cranky at PK. I don't really get it because if you're in the conference now in the Pac-12, where if you handle your business, and this is what makes college football great, by the way, because every single freaking game matters. So if you handle your business, you're in. If Utah beat that's not true. If Utah beat USC. This year, and they're yeah, undefeated that, right now. They're in the yeah, top but, four. But, but having to be undefeated is a pretty impossible standard to is, live by. Is it really? Because it, I think we're going to have three undefeated teams in the playoff this year. We'll see. And well, but but here's the truth of it: if you uh, if you handle your business and you win, 
then this this discussion, if if you lose, you put it in the hands of their, those other people and the biases right, that you're but, talking but about. But, but if some, you would have won, but, then then it, this would not be a discussion. Okay, hold on here a second. Minnesota is number eight in the college football playoff ranking right now. And if they win out, they'll be in. We'll see. No, we'll see. They'll they'll have beaten Ohio State at that point and oh, okay. would be in. All right. And the, the I, same thing goes I, for I, Baylor but, too. Yeah, but, yeah, if they the, win out, they're in. There are times when there are when when it's not that easy. There are for, times, for example, when records. I'd have to go back and look at it all, but my memory, if my memory serves, there are times when there are teams that get in that that and other teams don't, and they have either equal or better records. That happens all the time. But to an undefeated team, no. Okay. So that, you so you yeah. win. If you if you lose, you put it in the hands of but, somebody but that, else. But that's, but that's a, that standard is a little high, don't you think? I I don't. I, I don't I do. think it's it's I a mean, little I, high. I, how else how else in a four team playoff and I know you want to move it to eight, so so I got it. But how else in a four team playoff are they supposed to do it? If they use the, you have to find a way to sort through even records. But if you would have won, you can't even you'd do that. In. See, that's the fallacy of the whole thing. It's a farce. It's a joke what they're doing, and the way they their rationale for who they're putting in and who they rank ahead of somebody else. It's ridiculous. You can't even do it. Uh, when when I read what Rob Mullins was saying and his his logic behind what the committee is doing and all this, it's just it's convoluted. It's silly. They're measuring stuff that shouldn't matter, and it really doesn't matter. Now, what you say is true. If you go undefeated, you're in a P5 conference, you're probably going to get in. The problem is that a lot of times there are one-loss teams, and one gets in and one doesn't. Yep, and that, that's the situation we're in. Well described. And it So sucks. how are they supposed it, to do it? It sucks. They're supposed to invite every conference champion from a P5 league and then three at-large teams. It's the but only they don't. fair way to but do it. But they don't. Okay, fine. So, but they so don't. what we're stuck with is a joke. Right. So let's talk about the current predicament. Is PK right that Utah is a real long shot to get into the college football playoff? Because my answer is absolutely yes. Yeah, and I, and, I I, and we can complain about the system all we want. I, I get it. It's not popular. The BCS wasn't popular. I understand. But in our current situation, Utah is not going to get an at-large bid at one loss over certain teams. They're not, they're not going to get an what, at-large, what if, at-large bid over Alabama. And, and, likely. And I was about to say, what if Utah is better? But that's the problem. There's no way to measure it. There's no accurate way to measure it. The only thing you're left with is the eye test. And everybody's eye test is different. Yep. Everybody's frame of reference is different. So it turns it into what Rob Mullins described as, well, that's why we vote. So here's, here's what Utah has to do to get in. Because it's, it's, we're saying long shot. We're not saying impossible. What has to happen for them to get in is they have to absolutely massacre <laughs> These last, you know, and I don't want to jinx them, but four teams left but on their schedule. But how stupid a standard is that? And what difference does it make? All you got to do is win. But remem- That's all you should have to do. All this other stuff is just, it's cosmetics. Remember- okay, look, okay, you're going to beat Arizona by, by, by 45 points and instead of 25. Okay, and that makes you worthy somehow? It's just, it's stupid. But remember back in, um, it, it was, was it the second or third year of the of the playoff? Maybe it was even the first. Well, well, anyway, it was the year that Baylor and TCU were fighting to get in the playoff, right? And Ohio State had lost to Virginia Tech that right. year. They were a one-loss team. And it was looking like Baylor or TCU. And Ohio State 
took Wisconsin to the woodshed <laughs> in the Big Ten everybody. title game. I mean, beat them by what they they beat them by like forty points or something crazy. Mm. Absolutely massacred Wisconsin. Leapfrog TCU and Baylor and get in. That's what that's what and Utah needs. Have, and they didn't have a championship game that year, if I remember, did they? Uh, no, the Big Twelve did yes. not. No, the Big Twelve uh, did not. So Utah, their their path to get in, really, what they have to do is they have to just cream Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. And then you've got a huge win over a top 10 team, and hopefully you look better doing it, and, and people, Alabama will be on a bye because they won't be in the SEC title game, and hopefully Alabama out of sight, out of mind, and you just massacred Oregon. Yeah. That's, that's the path, but, but, that's but, the path but, but to see, get But see, these are things that shouldn't really matter. It shouldn't matter how much you beat Oregon by. And by the way, there is no chance in hell that Utah will ever beat Oregon by a big score. Except uh, for they, oh, uh, yeah, okay, I see what you're doing. You and I were both covering that game. We were both I remember. that game. Yep. Was that not one of that? I mean, that rivaled Utah's performance against Alabama, didn't it? They were darn near perfect that day at Autzen. The, you know what always stands out to me about that night, honestly, is the silence of that stadium. Because I had covered a game when Utah was up there in 09. I had covered that game, so I was familiar with the – the atmosphere there at Austin, which is which is pretty special. Yes, I mean, it it's it's really cool. That's a really cool stadium, and the silence as Utah is just drop kicking Un- the ducks. Unbelievable! Oh. Was it sixty something to twenty or something like and that? And I had to drive back to Portland that night, and I listened to the the post game the whole <laughs> way, and it was so entertaining because it was just a combination of devastated, panicky duck fans and Washington Husky fans calling in to rub it in. <laughs> It was absolutely hilarious. Well, for for to, to say, okay, Utah, you got to win all your games, and then you got to go out and put an absolute beat down on the Oregon Ducks. Why? Because somebody has a has this bias in their frame of reference that's a little bit twisted. That's it's what we got. It's what we got. It's what and, we got, man. But but it would be so easy to fix it. So freaking easy, and that's the point of my column. I'm going to check out PK's column during the break, but uh, I, I assume that this, these are the things that he brings up. Is well, there anything in his column that you ha- take issue with? Well, maybe people would have to go read it. Um, no, not really. I mean, I, I don't think, in compared to the playoff, the Rose Bowl is, you know, I, I'd, I'd certainly rather see... If it were Virginia Tech, my team go to the the playoff. Then I would the rather Rose Bowl. I would rather see my team go to the Rose Bowl and win, than go to the Peach Bowl in the playoff and lose. Uh, one other thing before we leave this topic uh, behind briefly. One other thing that's working against the Utes and the Ducks too, for that matter, is that the the rest of the Pac-12 is not terrific. Yeah, I mean Utah, Arizona State was ranked when they beat them, but. I mean, Utah doesn't have a win over a ranked team. The rest of the league is just really, I don't want to say it's quite to like WCC basketball level, but the rest of the league is really dragging them down. Well, again, okay, so if we're looking at this the way the committee does, and it's so stupid to do this, but I mean, this is the predicament that they've been put in. That game against Washington, Washington's a four loss, has four losses in the conference. right? And, And Utah, what was the final of that game? Do you remember? Oh, here, let me look back at it. Of course you would I mean, put me I, on the spot like that. I mean, that. we should remember. But, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> the, the the fact. I have enough trouble keeping the Jazz game straight in their scores. Yeah, I, I know. But uh, the, the fact that the Utes have to win by more than that in order to impress people, it's just, 
It's a beauty pageant, man. Yeah, always And, and when your league doesn't have the reputation of uh, the SEC, thirty-three to twenty-eight, by the way, was the so they came from behind and they, they, you know, they got that win. And I thought that win was good enough. I thought that win was, was, was everything you want in a win. It would, it but, would but be if Washington had beat Cal and Stanford, but they <laughs> lost. <laughs> yeah, but see, this is this is a comparative scores. This is all this crap that comes into the formula that should not. Do me a favor. Go, I mean, and this sounds self-promoting. I don't mean it to be that way. Go read my column and see if you disagree with it. Read PK's column. See if you disagree with, with those sentiments. Uh, the system is still broken, Jake. And it doesn't have to remain this way. It doesn't have to. But as you said, this is what we're stuck with. All right. Uh, we want to remind you about our friends at Diamond Airport Parking. Don't take the bus tour at the airport parking lot. Diamond Airport Parking offers covered self-parking, covered valet parking, open valet parking, and 24-7 car-to-curb shuttle service. Diamond Airport Parking since 1922, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park ride and save at Diamond Airport Parking. More next on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.